0: Well, hey, welcome back to the Making Disciples Everyday podcast. I'm Jason Dukes on on team with the Brentwood Baptist Family of Churches. And my colleague and friend, Paul Wilkinson, is here with me today. Excited for the new series. That's right. And we get to do that. Today we get to kick off a new series, which Paul is going to introduce us to here in just a minute. And But I want to just let you know, as we do these podcasts... The purpose of them is to hopefully equip and encourage and push you toward, encourage you toward, catalyze, maybe a better word, uh, being a disciple maker in the everyday. And our prayer this year is that all of us who are listening, Paul and I included, that we would invite along one other person, hopefully someone who's yet to believe. But invite along one other person to become a disciple maker with us. So in other words, we will be a disciple of Jesus who becomes a disciple maker with Jesus. And we'll invite along someone who welcomes us into their life. And will make a disciple with him over the next 12 to 18 months. That's our prayer and our hope. And so if you're listening to this, we hope that the way that we dive into the what our teaching series are about... Um, will further take that and translate that into the everyday of life. I know life. that
1: Jason and I are praying for those individuals right now. Yes. And the Lord is beginning to move about four young men right now that I'm in conversations with. And yep. It's just exciting to think of what's
0: going to happen. I agree. I agree. And it's it's happening with us, too. It's special to watch how God brings people into your life and how, how it's not like you do anything that seems mm-hmm. of that Significant or much magic to make them welcome you or to make them want that engagement, right. um, but the relationship, when you really focus it that way, it seems like a very beautiful, loving, and a sense of belonging that they feel, yeah. and 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 then you get to experience abundant life. Yeah. And what's
1: so exciting is that someone, as far as you're concerned, from your subjective experience, who didn't exist. A day ago yeah. is now in your life, open and welcoming you to uh, help them learn to grow and know Jesus better and then yeah. ultimately make disciples with them. Sure. Right. Now, from God's omniscient perspective, fully knew this individual grand weaving their life to interface with yours. But from our perspective, yeah. that person fundamentally didn't exist. Yeah. And then now here they are in the flesh. and. And we get to engage and equip for that. It's
0: just wonderful. It's beautiful. I agree. And so we're, we hope that you are encouraged in that. And we hope that you uh, feel a sense of um, more and more confidence as we get to talk about different things and, and the ways that we hopefully give a few different tips each episode that encourage you that way. So we kick off a new series. We just kicked off, I should say, a new series uh, on on and, and just really able... To lead up to Easter through this series, and I'm very excited about it. and And so, talk to us about this series, Paul. Like, what what is this about? The seven sayings from the cross.
1: I love this series in its design, both for its theological import, but also the intentionality of our pastors that they think about such things. Yeah, in helping the congregation to experience and relate in new ways. Stories that we probably all know yeah, uh, and, and have rehearsed for decades and yet to give them in new ways that compel new action and motivation to see God bigger, to bring more awe than ever before. So the way it's designed is we're going to walk through the seven sayings of the cross, which is Luke 23, 34. Um, we stay in Luke for a couple, then jump to John, then Mark. So we'll, we'll be all over the Gospels. But it's really just talking about these seven statements Jesus makes during his during his crucifixion and the last two so there's seven of these and the last two sermons are Palm Sunday and Easter Mm. so this walks us right into the actual crucifixion of Christ Mm. and um, it's just just a wonderful design and I'm really excited about it so the seven sayings from the cross a Christology series Brandon Owen took the lead our Harpeth Heights campus pastor uh, took the lead on mapping some of this out But the idea is that each statement is going to teach us something significant and important about Christ, that we get this new attribute and property and hopefully a fresh way of thinking about our Lord and that together um, they give us an an inside look, maybe a, a, a paused we're so fast and so busy yeah. and gloss over things so quickly yeah. that going through these seven sayings across seven weeks, uh, almost two months yeah. of just looking at seven statements yeah. is going to cause us to pause and see inside, so to speak, uh, the mind and heart of Jesus yeah. as he is suffering for humanity, yep. as he's suffering to redeem the, the creation. And I think it's going to be incredibly impactful, and I I couldn't be more excited about it.
0: Well, I love it. I love the I love what you just said. I think I think the idea of taking seven weeks to stay focused on that one moment, right? Because these seven sayings all happened in this moment of Jesus being on the cross, and for us to stay reflective, remembrance, uh revering of. I'm trying to think if there's any other R words I could say, but. Like you know, f- but trying to but staying focused in on that, I think is going to really be meaningful for this season. It is, and then
1: just as a, a double look ahead, we're going to the uh, Sermon on the Mount after this. Yeah, which is so cool. So, so Jesus died and He rose, inaugurating this kingdom which mm-hmm. we just belabored last episode and rightly so. What's this kingdom life look like? Yeah. Well, we're going to walk through the Sermon on the Mount and tell you. Yeah, just a beautiful design. I'm I'm really excited.
0: Me too. I love how they've done it. Well, walk us through what are what are what are. Just give us a real quick, brief picture of what the, each of these seven statements are and the focus that's going to be there, and then we'll come back to the one from this past Sunday.
1: Uh, so the seven sayings or the seven let's say sermon titles is Father forgive them, hmm. Father forgive them. Today you will be with me in paradise. Hmm. Third, woman behold your son. Fourth. Why have you forsaken me? Fifth, I thirst. Sixth, into your hands I commit my spirit. And seventh, it is finished.
0: It's good.
1: So I really like just reading them all together. Father, forgive them. Today you will be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son. Why have you forsaken me? I thirst. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And it is finished. It's good. Man, that's, that'll, that'll preach right there, as they say in the, <laughs> in the preaching school. Uh, yeah, but the first one, Father, forgive them. That's what we heard Sunday, and that's what we're going to dive into today. Uh, Luke twenty three thirty four, and then supplemented with Matthew 18.
0: So Luke twenty three thirty four says this. Uh, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes and cast lots. So the first saying that we're focusing on.
1: And then again the, the supplemental passage is the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew eighteen hmm. where Peter is asking, How many times shall I forgive anyone who sins against me? Hmm. And Jesus' response we all remember is seventy times seven. Yeah. You thought seven was sufficient. How about seventy times seven? And then he dives into this parable, um, and, and I'll just read I'll just read some of it here. He says, The kingdom of heaven, I'm gonna squeeze that kingdom in word every time if <laughs> I can. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he didn't have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, and his children, and everything had to be sold to pay the debt. So the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. The master has compassion and releases him. But then the servant goes out and finds another fellow servant Who owed him a hundred denarii? He grabbed him and started choking him and said, Pay me what you owe. Hmm. At this, the fellow servant fell down and began begging him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But the servant wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were distressed. They went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then, after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Hmm. And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. Incredible parable on forgiveness and
0: striking, (laughs) (laughs) to say the least. No
1: doubt as Jesus was
0: yeah I mean what golly where do you begin on that I mean it's a. I mean I think the first thing just to be honest about it, is forgiveness is hard yeah you know and 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 it's a, you may be listening out there and have somebody you know good and well that you're holding a grudge against or you should forgive or maybe you're even the one who needs to be uh, forgiven, and you know there's someone that you've not got peace with. Um,
1: yeah, l- let me suggest that it is a we have a supernatural model for a supernatural occurrence. Mm, it's good. And so. Jesus doesn't just say go forgive. Yeah. Just forgive as I have forgiven you. Sure. Right. That as we recognize that we've been forgiven in Christ, we're spiritually empowered. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength right. to forgive others. I can't tell you how many people in in discipling and relating to them have asked for um, guidance or help on forgiving. And I'm I often say, A, for the shock value, but then B because I believe it is I don't think you can forgive that person. Hmm. And they're like, okay, but you're supposed to help me <laughs> forgive them, right? I know I'm supposed to, and I say, but you can't do it. Yeah, your ability to forgive that person is going to be a function of your submission to the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness is supernatural. Yeah, it's not just something you swallow hard and do. Yeah, it's a supernatural reality. No, it's and good. You got to face up to that.
0: Well, it's it's you know, if you take the resurrection into account, in in essence, you're resurrecting something.
1: Mm, that's a
0: good image. Because I you know the idea of the idea of forgiveness is of brokenness and death. The, the, the fact that forgiveness is needed is that something, even if it's figurative, has died. Something's been broken. Well, think about
1: Jesus' language on the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. to hate your brother or sister is to murder them. That's
0: right. That's right. And so he's, he, he's highlighting how you're viewing that person is that they should die instead of that they're worth dying for. right? right? And and it's the flip, right? That, that's what's supernatural about it. Like how do you view someone? Now let's let's just give a disclaimer. We're not in any way trying to say to those that are out there and who are suffering abuse, who are walking through super difficult uh, circumstances based upon oppressive or exploitative or, those types of cert- situations, we're, we're not saying to you, hey, just flippantly forgive that person. No, no, no. We, there's a That's a whole other complex element of all of this. It doesn't mean that God's Spirit yeah. can't bring forgiveness. Well, yeah, well, let situation. me bring C.S.
1: Lewis into this and his, his work on miracles. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a big jump, but I'll bring it home. So this work on miracles is that we think that all miracles have to be spontaneous in the moment. Mm. Why can't a miracle be drawn out long over time? Yeah. And C.S. Lewis argues that's what creation is. Yeah. So when we say it's a supernatural event, that's not to say it's a spontaneous momentary right. event. That God may
0: have to work on you for some time before you can have the power to, to forgive. Yeah, and even work on, like if it's a, a very... Uh, traumatic type of situation, even work on the situation itself as a whole, sometimes that can take years. So, yeah. so we're not in any way belittling that if that's right. you. But if you're, if you're listening and you're out there, if, if, and for me, you know, if there's someone that I have, am holding a grudge against, or I'm, you know, I'm not giving forgiveness to, like you're saying, this isn't about me just mustering up the ability Can't to do be. it. I, yeah. you know, it's, it's about really reflecting on jesus and what he has done and allowing his spirit to then do something in me
1: yeah yeah it is a question of where your heart's aimed Mm -hmm. but isn't it incredible that people tell us theology doesn't matter (laughs) that's not what jesus says no the theology that that your father has forgiven you and that's what compels you that's right to be able ultimately to to forgive
0: that's right the understanding of that for sure
1: it's unreal one of the extremes of this passage as I'm clicking on these different words and cheating with Bible software, (laughs) is a denarii is essentially a day's wage. Mm. So this servant goes to the other servant and says, you owe me 100 days labor. Wow. And and I'm going to throw you in jail because you can't pay it. A talent is worth roughly 5,000 to 6,000 denarii. Oh my goodness. Wow. So we have, this guy owns the master 5,000 to 6,000 daily wages 10,000 times. Mm. That's what he owes to the master. Wow. And then he goes and busts this guy for a third year's labor. Wow! It's just unreal wow. how the extreme Christ pays. And we see ourselves as owing that to God. And yeah. yet, how do we know God loves us? Well, Christ came and died for us while we were yet sinners. When we understand forgiveness that way, it, it begins to tweak the heart a little bit. No
0: doubt. No doubt. I mean, in essence, put it in modern language. We're saying... Hey, this dude got forgiven a five billion dollar debt <laughs> right. and turned around and didn't forgive somebody who owed him hundred bucks functionally you know i mean I mean that you know that's the the and you know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's the essence, probably not far off of what Jesus said, but that's the essence of it, and I think you know the the it's interesting to me the father forgive them, they don't know what they're doing mm. right why do we see each other like that like like to me the way he is describing us i don't know that we give each other um and this don't please don't think i'm trying to be funny here when i say this cuz jesus isn't belittling us when he says that he's he's not saying you ignorant idiots like he what he's saying is he's having mercy on us yes you, you because this is traumatic language and i think i think it, for i think a lot of folks I have not personally up until about 5 years ago I have not heard many people teach that kind of thing on this and right. what I mean by that is this sin according to the way Paul writes about it sin in the way that it represents what the evil one does to us has done something to us yeah right something abusive something wrong something something that is traumatic something that affects the way we think, the way we feel, the way we process, it's, it creates this – the way – and again, if you're out there and you've walked through any type of trauma, you you quickly understand what I'm getting at because you recognize that trauma has an effect on us that we often can't even articulate, even ever, period, but sometimes for years to come. and 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 it's almost like he's saying, you guys – You've been traumatized by the evil one. You don't know what you're doing. You, you can't even think straight. And I'm bringing mercy and forgiveness to you in the midst of this before we even say we're sorry, before yeah. we even realize that we don't know what we're doing. God is acting first and saying, here's forgiveness.
1: I, th- I think we're in a cynical and skeptical age right now there isn't much benefit of doubt given. Yeah, I think philosophically there's some reasons for that and the way we see knowledge, the way um, we, we see individual versus community and, sure. and a number of other things. But but all, all that said, we live in a cynical age where I assume that people are not for my best interest. We mm-hmm. assume that people are only for their best interest and that necessarily their best interest is mutually exclusive with my best interest. That's right. So we sort of go in... Not with the classic American refrain, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. But you're guilty until you demonstrate to me why I can trust you. That's right. And that's so, so unhealthy.
0: Well, how do you climb
1: out of that? Well, well, Christ. That's <laughs> exactly supernaturally. right. That's exactly right. That's the opposite. That's right. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Yeah. Somebody offends you. It's not personal. They might have just screwed up. Yeah. It's okay. Yep. My identity, as you like to say, my identity, security, and purpose is in Christ. That's right. And that is un... Flappable. That's right. So whatever they do to me here, I love that passage at the end of Romans eight thirty. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ Jesus, right. no matter how much somebody hurts me. That's right. They can't steal my identity. They can't steal my security and they can't steal my purpose. That's right. Because Christ has secured that.
0: Well, and, and even to use this language further, if I don't hold to that, that you just said, I think I go insane. Like, and I'm not trying to be silly. Like, I, I think I, I can't think straight. Yeah. If I don't hold to that truth. Yeah, the mind gets polluted. If I don't hold to the idea of this is who I am and whose I am, period. And Christ nailed that down, so to speak. And and even on the place where he nailed that down, Mm -hmm. says to us, hey, be kind to yourself. I'm being kind to you. You don't know what you're doing. Be kind to each other you, you each don't know what you're doing, right? Like, I mean, I think, I think that idea, we can't overplay that. I I think, I think, I think part of the supernatural miracle of forgiveness toward each other comes in a right view of each other. That's a view the way that God sees us, not the way that we typically see each other.
1: Yeah, so true. And, 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 you're right. How do we put on those divine lenses to see people as Christ sees them? Yeah. And then I think you said it really well there. How do we see ourselves? That's right. So much. I'm reflecting on individuals that I've <laughs> had disdain for <laughs> throughout, the, throughout the years, and I pray that I've reconciled with, with all those I can remember that the Spirit brings to mind. But a lot of that was because I didn't like me. Hmm. really had very little to do with the other person. Sure, sure. That I didn't trust Christ about who Christ says I am. That's right. And, and that manifests in external negative ways and actions and and comments and, yeah, and what, the rest.
0: You're exactly right. I mean, that, let's don't miss that point that you just made. I think it's incredibly significant to this, even to this idea of forgiveness. If I still think I need something from someone else and they're holding out on me, I won't have a posture of forgiveness toward right. them. And so if I'm insecure, I end up actually, because of what I think of myself, affecting that relationship. I shortchange it. And, and in essence, I need to now be forgiven because I've not brought all that I am into right. that moment. And I think, I think you're exactly right. That dynamic can really affect The way that we give forgiveness or don't give forgiveness to let's flick
1: the dominoes here theologically and and let them fall. Yeah, this is what Satan does. That's right. Your enemy is that person out there who is probably largely ignorant of what they're doing. That's right. But because I'm going to keep your focus on that person and not on Christ. You're both going to destroy any relationship with them and destroy your own self image. That's right. And confidence. That's right when all we have to do is trust Christ about what he's done for us. That's right. And that will give us the power over time, possibly to be able to reconcile uh, with, with these, with these individuals.
0: It's good. It's good.
1: Or communities even. I mean, just to think in terms of the contemporary context of community identity, no doubt, even communally
0: communities relating. to exactly reconciling right. It's exactly One right. another. And I think, you know, and, and I, I, I grew up in a, in a mostly black church. I'll take it there. Like I, I know even in the way that blacks and whites, as we call them, I I don't know that that's a great way to talk about it, but, but as we call it, I, you know, even the way we relate with each other historically here in America, there's elements of giving forgiveness to each other. This isn't just, this isn't, I mean, I, you know, and we might say, well, that was in the past. No, no, no. There's still so much of the seeds of all of that in between us communally that way. I think, That and there's the, and then you take it to the individual level of you may be walking in a marriage right now. If you're listening out there and you think, Man, my wife doesn't have my best interests at heart, Mm -hmm. is holding out on me, what's she hiding from me? Or you may think the same of your husband. I mean, these insecurities, these struggles, and even the ways we're not forgiving ourselves, it's wrecking us. Yes, and here's God putting on skin and stepping right into the middle of all of that and saying. I'll take that brokenness on me and give you the chance to be, to recover from the trauma that you've walked through because of sin.
1: And if you think it's all made up or just purely a social commentary, go somewhere where you don't belong, you know, categorically. Sure. In terms of societal structures, go somewhere you don't belong and you'll feel, you'll feel what people are talking about in terms of non-reconciliation. That's right. How difficult it is. Um, it's a very offensive statement. So I hesitate. I hesitate to say it, but I think it's meaningful and hits what we're talking about. Hmm. But Clarence Thomas, and I think it was in one of his opinions, talks about how even reflecting on ancestry, even as a slave, one did not lose their dignity because dignity is from God. Hmm. That even if this world oppresses you and enslaves you, you still have your identity. I think he's saying identity, security, and purpose. I agree. Like, I agree. Um, in your creator, that's an incredibly
0: radical and offensive view. And see, here's the but thing. That is right. You've heard me say this before, but I, I, as a skeptic, I'm a skeptic at heart. And I will, I, growing up, I would often ask this question. What am I really believing? Yeah. I know you want me to believe. John three sixteen believe and you'll have eternal life. What am I believing? Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not just believing the facts that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. I'm not just believing the events, right? Yeah. I'm what I'm really believing is what you just said. Yeah. What I'm really believing is that the cross and the resurrection secured completely that I have an identity in Christ even on my worst day, that I have purpose with Jesus even on my worst day. And that I've been given something that no one else now defines but Him. Mm-hmm. So my circumstances don't define it. The lack of forgiveness someone gives me doesn't define it. Sorry, that was my coffee cup. The All of those types of things don't define it, right? And that's so pivotal yeah. for us to be able to live out a life of forgiving and to even believe that God Himself has forgiven. Mm-hmm. So from a disciple-making standpoint— Real let's, quick, let me
1: add to that, though, okay. just to echo what you said earlier. Yeah. That's not easy to move no. into. Oh,
0: my goodness, it's But it's, it's not. true. Yep. Um, it's true and it's right. Well, and to me, we've talked about this before. I think that's what sanctification is.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: I don't know that sanctification is me trying to muster up the ability to make my actions better. Right? And I don't think—I don't think— The Bible teaches that. Or let's
1: even say it was that. Yes. Well, we know from Ephesians that God prepared good works beforehand for you to do. Yep. So even if you're mustering up the energy, God's already paved the path for whatever you. That's exactly right. And in
0: Philippians, Paul says it's the energy He has in you that's working out of you, right? So we know that even though there are very few teachers that might outright say sanctification is you making yourself better, it becomes that because Satan dupes us with this performance mentality. Don't forget that those behaviors are linked to beliefs. And really... That's why sanctification takes so long, because we keep realizing what it is we're believing. Mm. We keep realizing that believing the identity that the cross and the resurrection has secured for us and the purpose that we are invited along with with Jesus to live out an abundant life with him, we keep believing for the rest of our lives and allowing that belief and that truth and that promise to work its way into all of our life. All of our mentality, all of our emotions, all of our spirituality, all of our physicality, all of these elements that Jesus talks about loving him with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what sanctification is really about. And so even in this idea of Father, forgive them, believing that and believing forgiveness, believing what he has done and given us, it's what moves us forward with him. And
1: it's subtle, but it's significant what you're saying. Because me engaging the spiritual disciplines, for example, is not to make me better. That's right. It's to Romans twelve two to renew my mind to see what God is already up to That's in exactly. my life as the Spirit forms, transforms, conforms me into the image of Christ. That's right. So even our efforts are really an act of submission. Do this work in me.
0: That's right, and don't miss that mind yeah. is what typically has to be continually changed.
1: And so, to go back to our opening on forgiveness, same thing. What are you doing to open yourself up to the Spirit working in you to empower you to forgive? That's good because no one's asking you to do it because you're the one
0: that's been wrong. That's good, and you can't. Well, and and I I don't want us to to go super super long. So Why I'm... not? <laughs> We want to respect that your car ride or wherever you're listening to this. You may not, if you're jogging right now. That's you what may pause not, buttons are for. That's what pause I guess, it and get to it after. Dinner. I, guess, I guess so, but if they have, if they only have a mile left, we want to on their run. We want to be honoring of that. But, Amen. but but all that to say, if you think about this from a disciple making standpoint, here's the thing I would suggest. The one point I would throw out at you, from an everyday disciple making standpoint, please understand you don't need to have it all together. That in disciple making, people who are, are in that relationship with you, people who are discovering the gospel with you, need to see why you need forgiveness and why you need to give forgiveness. Don't let that be hidden. And I think in a lot of our culture, especially in the southern United States, we've, we've not let people in on that. Yeah. And so no wonder... It's improper. No wonder the power of the gospel is often veiled yeah. because we're not letting people see what the power of the gospel does yeah. in me L- and through yeah. me with me, regard me share to this. Let two
1: things. One is if you do that, you set an unrealistic model for people yeah, they that they can't, can't live up they to. They can't it. live up to it. I did it as a teacher early on coming out of academics, lecturing. Well, I spent 10 years in a hole learning this stuff. Of course, they can't lecture what I lecture there. Sure. I got to be a, a teaching model that can be reproducible. That's right. As the as the gospel and disciple making goes forth. Second, speaking of pause buttons and length, is I just listened to the Bonhoeffer. Um, not Bonhoeffer. That was a few years ago. The Luther biography by Metaxas. Yeah. So you'll, you'll need the pause button a lot. as you listen <laughs> to that, I'll listen to it on Audible. But Luther was very much like Paul to... Philip Melanchthon's Timothy. Hmm. And Melanchthon, brilliant, probably the best language scholar of his day, possibly, or at least Luther certainly thought he was. But Melanchthon had a, had a shyness about leadership and wouldn't step into it. Hmm. And uh, Luther, while he was in exile, got frustrated with this and writes him a letter. And he tells him in this letter, sin boldly. <laughs> sin boldly. Now, out of context, that's a bad thing. Sure. That says, if you're going to sin, just go all the way and sin. What well, Luther was actually saying to him in the context of that letter is you're going to screw up leadership decisions. When you go to disciple people, you're not going to get it right every time. Yeah. But be bold and confident that your Lord is already at work in that person. That's right. And that
0: whatever you screw up is
1: not irredeemable.
0: Well, and and I love that. So, I disciple mean, boldly. In essence, you're saying be courageous enough to be contrite. Exactly. Be courageous enough to say, man, I, I messed up. I screwed up. Like how— Here's how, here's why I need the gospel. Yes. Or here's yeah. here's a relationship that's broken that I'm not I'm not going and being a peacemaker in. Let me let come along with me and let's learn together what that right. looks
1: like. And that's part of discipling is modeling. Yes. You have to show the
0: person you're discipling how God forgives you
1: and how you believe that, thus forgiving yourself. Because if you can't, they won't.
0: Yes. And let this story, the Matthew story that Jesus tells here in the interaction with Peter. Let this story be real. Think about Peter, right? And, and yeah. was, it, was it as simple as somebody messed up his fishing nets for the 50th time? And he's like, I'm done with them. Or, I could see that. Or was, it, or was it something much graver than that? But whatever it was, something moved him to ask this question. Yeah. He wasn't just walking along one day and going, you know, I don't, I've never really had to forgive anybody. But I think I'll ask a question about forgiveness, right? Right, like it, yeah. he needed to forgive someone. Like he's struggling and wrestling with how do I forget? And, and 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 here's Jesus who was forgiving everyone, right. And saying to him, no, this is the deal. This is what this is about. Yeah. Why? Because he knew how life-giving it would be. He knew how this is what I've always intended, Peter, and you'll yeah. find abundant life. You'll find that, that, that life that's open and honest where we all really see each other for who we are when you do this.
1: It's you talking about the fishing that's made me think about this. But driving home yesterday after having, having taught, I'd have to drive by a high school, and this crossing guard stops me as soon as I pull up, and I'm on the main throughfare. I'm not on the side road, and this guy proceeds to let, but felt like a thousand cars go in front of me, and I was just like, "This isn't right." I, I mean, I did, I got here first. I deserve to be to let go through, and this guy <laughs> wouldn't. He let every other, he let every other route go multiple times before he let me go, and I really wanted to yell at him or throw something at him. <laughs> As I drove by, and it's just funny how the conviction hits you over simple things. Yeah. You know, how many times have I made God wait in my life mm. because of other routes I want to take mm. or because of other things I think are more important than him? How many times have I held the crossing guard whistle and hand up in the Lord's yeah. face and it's said, good. I'm not ready yet. It's good. It is not about you. And that's how the Holy Spirit convicts. Yeah and there's just a thousand things we need forgiveness for no doubt. All, all day every day and as we reflect on what you just said the way Christ forgives us mm-hmm. that's that's what gets us on the path towards yeah. forgiving others
0: that's good so good
1: well courageous contrition i like it
0: you know from a from an equipping standpoint um, what would you throw out there any anything specific that you would i'll
1: just say what you just said i mean i think the everyday disciple making Concept and the equipping moment are the same thing. Yeah, your weakness is Christ's strength. Mm. Don't be scared to admit your failure. That's right. That is what is going to help the person you're discipling grow more than anything you can show them. it's good. Anything you can tell them that'll that that teaches them. I mean, that just teaches them the way of the servant leader. It's good. So be be bold in your in your failures. It's okay. Yeah,
0: and I, I love that. And I think building on that, I would suggest. If you're an equipper out there and you're equipping for this kind of thing, forgiveness, and what what that even plays out in the midst of disciple-making relationships, I would say, building on what Paul just said, do everything you can to help people be more self-aware of how unforgiving they are of themselves. Because as an equipper we we can teach forgive 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 like it's something that they muster up but what Jesus is saying in this story so beautifully is I did this to you you forgot that and went out and didn't forgive somebody who owed you much less than I forgave you of. or you don't trust it that's exactly right you don't trust it you don't really believe it and I think, I think as an equipper, we can, we can trip ourselves up and even trip other people up if we only say to them, forgive, 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 forgive. But we never take the time to process that self-awareness of, well, how are you not forgiving yourself? How are you not believing that you've been forgiven? Yeah. Right? Because Paul makes that clear in his language in Ephesians. No, 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 no. You're saved. You've been forgiven. The work of the cross is done it is final like that's we don't it didn't go backwards (laughs) that moment had a tsunami effect on all of history and it's done and I think I think I think as an equipper be sensitive to that help people as Andrew Peterson says in one of his songs help people be kind to themselves Mm -hmm. and um, a song worth listening to by the way if you haven't ever heard it and be kind to yourself and um, you know I think I think as an equipper, if you can help that, I think it'll go a long way in people recognizing the miracle of forgiveness that God's even done in their life and believing that and that compelling them to give forgiveness.
1: So good. So good.
0: Well, hey, so next episode, we'll jump into Jesus saying today you will be with me in paradise. That'll be interesting
1: yes yeah, it I, will be. especially
0: from a phil like I, I could you're probably like thinking wow that's going to be fun cuz philosophically there's a lot of questions that's that right. come up we'll wrestle them down with regard to that but we'll look at that next time and and uh, a lot of crocodiles uh, in that one <laughs> we in, we are so thankful appreciate that you uh joined us on this episode and uh we don't say this for us at all but if it's something that's encouraged you and you want to share it with somebody else, please do. If you get a chance to rate the podcast on iTunes or on whatever your source of podcasts uh, is, we would appreciate it. Again, not because it benefits us at all, but if it's something that has encouraged you, it, it's a way that those that the, that the content is able to be seen by others as well. And so we we hope that that will be encouraging to them if they get to see it from that. So if you have any feedback or questions, email us, jdukes at BrentwoodBaptist.com. P. Wilkinson at BrentwoodBaptist.com. And we look forward to jumping in with you next time, and we'll talk to you soon.